Hi, this is Tony Tolado, and this is December 8th, 2022 edition, episode 33 of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly. My theme is composed by Larry Cardarelli. Here, I look around the internet on news on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics. The Walking Dead, according to Variety, had record viewership on AMC+. On cable, The Walking Dead went out as the number two cable drama in both the coveted 18-49 to and 25-54 to viewing demos for the 13th consecutive years. I had some problems with the finale. Rick and Michonne didn't return. Maybe their spinoff will calm some of my fears. Do you all hear about the deleted scene that featured a grown-up Judith and RJ that was shot? The franchise has to go on. So there it is on the cutting room floor, as they used to say. And there is more news, so stay tuned. Let's get back to the news. Tor.com reports that Judith Tarr looks at, at Jim Butcher's Fool Moon. She states, quote, Fool Moon offers a wide gamut of types and styles of a werewolf. Each has its own magical rules and manifestations. They all converge on Chicago and on Chicago's resident wizard. It's rather brilliant. The story stands on its own, though there are references to the events of the previous novel and hints of further discoveries and mysteries to come. This is pretty much standard for a detective series. There's the main puzzle that drives the individual book and the detective's own larger story that opens up as the series evolves, end quote. Look for the full review at Tor.com. Tor.com also reports that James McAvoy recently commented on his X-Men movies, Missing a Key Mark. Quote, it was one of the most positive experiences I had with the studio. I don't really see them as just money gigs. Days of Futures Past, I think, is one of the better films I've been involved with. My biggest criticism of what we did throughout the four movies, that after the first movie, we didn't take advantage of the relationship between Xavier and Michael Fassbender's Magneto. Oh, I agree with that which formed the backbone of the first film. So was it like, why did they just eject that massive weapon? End quote. He was interviewed for British GQ. Deadline reports that Jenna Ortega of Wednesday that she shot the series at times during a Romanian snowstorm. She took up fencing and learned from Tim Burton not to blink. Quote, we were shooting in Montreal and it was lovely, but it was a lot more intense. End quote. Great to see a Latina actor doing well. Variety also reports that Colleen Atwood, who designed the costumes for Wednesday, talked about her designs. Quote, with Wednesday, we can nail the iconic look right away with a nod to the original pointed collar, little print dress, and modernized platform shoes, and then put her in an environment that she totally contrasts with, an American happy time public school. Then you were given the nod to all that's come before, end quote. Speaking of Latin filmmaking, Peru has undergone a new bump in adding 10 million to its economy, according to Variety. Transformers Rise of the Beasts was shot there. The movie also prompted the Peruvian Ministry of Foreign Affairs to issue a new artistic production visa for visiting crews and talent. That means it's easier for props and equipment to be imported. Que bueno, Peru. Collider has an exclusive buzz on whether Andor will continue his search for his sister. 
Creator Tony Gilroy says it's to, quote, be determined, end quote. Diego Luna had this to say, quote, I don't think it's ever over. I don't think it's over in Rogue One because I can see that as one thing. It's like the feeling. It's one of those things that kind of follow every decision you make, never letting go anymore, not again, that kind of thing. And I think it's behind the decision of that last mission, that suicide mission in Rogue One. That's for her. That's for Marva. That's for his people, for his community. I love the arc that Tony has built, and the arc ends in Rogue One, not in Season 2. I think it's going to be quite amazing to watch Rogue One after you've seen Season 2. I think you'll see a different film. For sure, you'll understand the character from a different perspective, and you'll be with him in a different way. End quote. I'm looking forward to season two. James Gunn is wrapping up his Marvel directing duties and says his Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special will bridge the gap to the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, according to Variety. Quote, I use the holiday special as an opportunity to introduce some elements into Guardians of the Galaxy, so I don't have to explain them at the beginning of Volume 3. It was a Trojan horse. End quote. Deadline reports that Strange World will lose $147 million for Disney and made only $28 million worldwide. Deadline speculates the new reality of entertainment as to what is appropriate for releasing on streaming or in theaters. That's going to be the million-dollar question going forward. <laughs> Maybe $147 million. Deadline also reports that Ryan Reynolds talked about a Deadpool Christmas movie that got lost as a result of the Disney-Fox merger. Quote, I would love to see a song and dance number in a Deadpool movie. Four years ago, Rhett Reeves, who co-wrote the movie Deadpool, Paul Wernick and I wrote a Christmas movie starring Deadpool, but it got lost in the shuffle of Disney acquiring Fox and never got made. Maybe one day we'll get to make the movie. It's not a musical, but it's a full Deadpool Christmas movie. So one day, this he told to Big Issue. Scott Gimple and Angela Kang sat down with Deadline's Dominic Patton to talk about the Walking Dead finale. Dominic Patton said, There is a line in the finale that I feel almost everyone hooks on. It's where Lawrence Maggie says to Norman and the others, I want to talk to you about the future. So let's talk about the future, the spinoffs, and how the finale gets us there. And here's Angela Kang. It was really important to us to try to close the chapter of this show and story. But we know we have to leave some doors open to go into future stories. So in some ways, the setup for where that goes is sort of up to the new shows. Scott and I talked about it, and the feeling was like, how do we just leave the door cracked without kind of, you know, forcing the other new shows into exactly what that is? She continues. And the future is trying to know more about what's out there in the world and what adventures it's going to lead to. And I think it's really important after this story where they were so focused on where do we come from in the past and can we go back to that. Maggie is really focused on what comes ahead and so are the other characters that are there. They're like looking at it. How do we build something out of this? Here's Scott Gimple. The paramount goal was to conclude The Walking Dead, like full stop. That said, you know, obviously, 
we did want to have a little something towards the trajectory of some of those stories. Some of the aspects of the spinoffs, you can't really see there, obviously, but there's some broad strokes toward it. And then, yeah, the final piece, there's some pretty specific things. But I will say, thematically, this is about a group that has finally achieved some peace. And what are they going to do with it? And is Maggie thinking about the future? But that, to me, that's, you know, Angela and I had talked about that. I mean, that's a logical extension of where things are going with this group. Like, you know what? Maybe we should go out into the world and see what's up that we found this piece. Like, we're strong enough to do that. And quote, really interesting. Their comments, yep. As I said, I had some problems with the finale, but I'll leave it open for the new stories coming up to answer some of those concerns. Tor.com has a story of one of my favorite tortured werewolves and Lon Chaney Jr. Judith Tara writes about the iconic lycanthropist, including the iconic poem, even a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. And then the gypsy Maleva's haunting spell, really after the death of her son, Bella, played wonderfully by Bella Lugosi, who I think is not only the star of Dracula, but actually one of the best of the horror films character actors as well. The way you walked was thorny through no fault of your own. But as the rain enters the soil, the river enters the sea, so tears run to a, a predestined end. Your suffering is over, Bella, my son. Now you may find peace. Both have become staples in werewolf lore. Judith Carr writes, quote, It's a tragic story with the rhythms and resonance of darker fairy tales. The constantly repeated snippets of lore, the poems and incantations, the young nobleman and beautiful girl, and the wise old witch woman, and the curse and its fated outcome go all the way back past Ovid and his metamorphosis and to the roots of some of the oldest stories. End quote. To me, that is the staple of these enduring stories and the monsters of the universal horror golden age. Frankenstein just wanted life. Larry Talbert was tortured by his curse and even thought suicide to end it, but he could never leave the curse. Dracula was evil, a man consumed by his lust for blood and maybe his obsession with it. There was little or no humanity left in him. Those are my introductions to horror as a kid, and they were cool. I even had the Aurora model kits. Yeah, even the ones that glowed in the dark. As I grew older, I appreciated the themes and the tragedy of these characters. The movies are still shown and are on Peacock as well. You know, for me, Halloween is truly never over. Happy Holidays. For Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, Episode 33, this is Tony Tolado.